today we're going to be talking about our favourite films to watch round Valentine's Day. Or if you're just feeling romantic. Yeah! Hi guys and welcome to Something Wicked Podcast. Today I'm joined with my uh, horror guru, Jason Jones. Hello again, folks. Yeah, uh, today we're going to be talking about our favourite films to watch around the Valentine's time. Love themed the, theme films. Yes, love themed films, that's what I was trying to say. But first we're going to start off with um, what me and Rob started last week is a segment where basically we just talk about what, what we've watched the last week or two. So what, have you, what have you seen, Jason, that you want to tell people to watch? Well, on Shudder there's a new film called Hunted that's just um, appeared on there and... All I'll say is from when I watched the trailer, I thought it was going to be a tawdry, usual rape revenge thriller, you might say, but I was wonderfully pleasantly surprised by watching it. You're not the uh, only person that said that to me about that film. It's, um, it's quite yeah. deceptive, the trailer, I thought. Because it, it, it gives off like a Red Riding Hood vibe, yeah, doesn't it? That's yeah, the, the yeah, whole gist yeah. of it. It's, and it, it, it actually goes a bit further because of the, um, the introduction. It, it brings in, I, I suppose, themes of forest spirits. And and old like I, I I assume it was filmed somewhere in Eastern Europe. I think it's Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you get that kind of vibe from yeah. it. Yeah. But the the um, as the film goes on, there are too many coincidences coincidences for the happenings in the film not to be slightly supernatural. Is right. all I'll say. Okay. But it like I said, they're coincidences. But it's it, it affects it wonderfully. And by the end of the film, the. Uh, female lead character she almost looks i'd say like a celtic wild woman and she goes proper face okay. i mean she really goes face in it um and again the um the bad guy in it i haven't seen a bad guy as vile as that in a long while the, both performances are really strong right um yeah Highly recommend it. It's on Shudder at the moment. Yep. Hunted. Well worth a watch. The, well, the sec the film that I'm going to suggest is you suggested it to me actually, yes, didn't yeah. you? Which is anything for Jackson. Yes. Which is also on Shudder. Uh, supporters, uh, sponsors. Sorry, not sponsors. Yep. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, well, you know what it's about. It's sort of like a possession ghost oh, film, but it isn't at the same time. It's again a cult what, as well. They've got cult yeah, elements. Again, what? Well, when you think he's starting off about a simple abduction story, yeah. thinking, "Oh, they're going to th th this this old couple yeah. kidnap a young woman who's heavily pregnant," and they're thinking, "Oh, they just want her baby," yeah. and you straight away meet a child. And this is no spoiler because this is the opening five yeah, minutes. Yeah. The child is a ghost that's wandering around the room. And it just goes west from there as well. Very say. much. And the, the, the gore was great on it. The, yeah, um, yeah. The, you see the demon. I thought demon's really cool. It's like a... This, again, this isn't really a spoiler, is it? It's, no. it's like very beard-like, the yeah, demon. Yeah, like yeah. a beak. And, yeah. Which I thought was really cool. I really liked that. Him and his wife, even though they've abducted this young woman... Because he woman, is her doctor, isn't yeah, he? That's yeah, what it is, yeah. yeah? He, they're actually very sympathetic. Very, very. very, very which... I, I, I don't know whether I was struggling with it, you know. I mean, like, but but yes. Uh, no, I know exactly. Because yeah. one minute you're like, oh, the kidnapped, they'd be like, oh, but they're so nice. Well, well yeah, you know, and <laughs> you know, 
the baby's isn't fully formed in its mind, so yeah. who cares if they slip Jackson? Yeah, you know? yeah. Again, the goal though, the bit where yeah. the uh, the gardener puts his head in, in the, the snow plough thing. Yeah, the yeah. snow plough, completely unexpected. Right. The, the police detective continuously shoots right. himself. Yeah, 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 but they put the salt down. Yeah. <laughs> well, they kick it straight away, don't they? Yeah. So, sorry, we'll, we'll get on to the good yeah. stuff now. Um, so, yeah, that, that are our recommendations, both on Shudder, uh, which yeah. is a great service if you haven't got, but if you're watching this, you probably have got Shudder. So, yeah, we're going to go on to our top romance films, um, sort of like round, to watch round Valentine's Day. Or if you're just feeling romantic. Yeah. So, uh, we'll start off with you. Uh, what's, your, what's your third, number three? Because this is your number third, so it's not your favourite. Well, well yeah. I, I, I've arranged them in a specific order. Okay. Because I thought I'd start with the doomed romance first. Okay. Which is American Werewolf in London. Classic John Landis. Yeah, cl- ap- absolute classic, because... It, 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 it is, and it's a doomed romance yeah. from almost from the, the very, from, from from the start. Which it, it it kind of actually when when you think back to the original Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah. again a doomed romance. Definitely, yeah. you know. I think, it, I think you find in a lot of werewolf films that there's always that romance that's yeah. not going to end well. Yeah. really. Yeah, um, yeah. American Werewolf in London. Um, again, rewatched it. There's so many things that I want to watch. I'm like Rick Mayhill being in it in the yeah. pub in the slaughtered lamb. Well. well have you seen the um, feature somewhere or an interview with John Landis where when he attended the premiere in Britain yeah and at that I, I remember Rick Mel from my high school days okay. and, and this was actually pre the young ones where he oh, used wow. to do a character called Kevin Turvey I think it was on a program called kick up the 80s please correct me if I'm wrong um, where, where he was Kevin Turvey and that's who, and the moments um, apparently like John Landis was saying he was sat in the cinema and the moment Rick Mail appears on camera Half the audience go, Kevin Turvey! And John Landis thought, gee, if I knew this guy was this popular, I would have given him some lines. Because he doesn't speak, does he? He's playing no, chess. Yeah, yeah. I think he laughs. I think that's about he's, as much he as he gets his beer out of the end of the yeah. joke. Yeah. yeah, that joke is a good joke, though. Yes, it is. A uh, very good joke. Uh, yeah, I always found that with uh, American Wealth in London as well, the comedy. I know John Landis is, is mainly a comp, like Animal House, yeah, um, yeah. films like that. But I think the comedy is on point in that film. It's so funny. It's. Um, I mean, with all of my three choices, there are, there are quite heavy comic, comic yeah. elements in them, yeah. which is because when you come across these dark situations, they are very funny a lot of yeah. them. You know, to, almost because they're so ridiculous, yeah. you might say. Well, when David calls Jack Meatloaf. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. That, that, that always gets me. The special effect, that's well done by um, Rick Baker. Rick Baker, yeah. Oh, the transformation scene yeah. to this well, day still gives me goosebumps. Well, I remember back in the day when you used to get the Sunday supplements yeah. on Sundays, and I remember seeing full page spreads of that and people, really? and it, it, it was big news. He won the Oscar for that, didn't he? I'm sure he did. I think you, if he didn't, you should have. Yeah, yeah. We need the DeLorean that you hate so much uh, to go back and make uh, it. So. <laughs> Let's not start. I got a lot of hate. <laughs> a lot of hate for that. Sorry, sorry. I'm supporting you, my friend. I'm thank, you, you. thank you. Thank um, you. But, but yes, the um, I mean, funnily enough, I rewatched it just before coming here because. I left it last, and the scene in the porn cinema where Jack's there with David, and he introduces him to, to the all people his, he's killed, all his fresh yeah. kills, and then they're all telling him different ways to kill himself. I love the happy couple. But like, I, I was, was going to say, you know, well, well, you know, there are a couple that are there in the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. You know, and when um, uh, I think it's, I think it's one of the tramps says, "You could hang yourself like that," and Jack says, "Oh no, no, no! If he gets it wrong." You know, it can be quite painful. He's a friend of mine. And it's it's, it's the most recent killings that do me yeah, one. Because yeah. that would, you know, that, and would that be such a bad thing? Yeah. He's a friend. And at that point, he's a pure puppet, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, 
you think what is that now that was 1981 82 gotta be hasn't it oh god does that look that film still holds up now that that you could re-release that now and to youngsters i think they would know know, well apart from the phone boxes there's a lot of phone boxes I, funny story on this, sorry, we always yeah. go off topic, but walking past Morrison's the other day, and my son, who's only five, pointing at the phone box, went, what's that? And I was just like, it made me feel so old. Because I had to explain <laughs> to him that when I was younger, if I was out with my friends, I had to put 50p in to ring my mum to tell my mum that I wasn't coming back. I had to put 2p in. Oh, wow, wow that's uh, some inflation. <laughs> yes. Anyway, off, to, off topic, off topic. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's strange how you see the romance develop, though. <laughs> You know, yes. looking back at it, I mean, like, people can say it was the late 70s, early 80s, but you, you, you get this young man who's obviously got deep trauma. Yeah. And this nurse just falls for him straight away. But he's American as well, I, I know, suppose. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. I'm, yeah. Also, another thing that still to this day blows my mind, I felt the Nazi werewolf bit where they, in his dream where they break through the door, yeah. slit his throat and kill his family. That bit still just, like, comes out of nowhere for me. That whole sequence was absolutely terrifying. Yes, yeah. I was probably around about ten or eleven when I saw it for the first time. Wow! God bless the VHS. Wow! <laughs> and uh, well, actually, the bit in the forest as well—that when he's he's observing himself in the bed, and Alex yeah. comes up and looks, and he, his eyes open. Yeah, that—that's the photo I got David Norton to sign for me. Good so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. The romance and that's good. I like that. How way. Um, Agatha as well. I like yeah, that, how, how the end, um, she walks over to him and he's a wolf in the alley. Yeah. Obviously, spoilers for these, because this film's old. If you haven't watched it, then... Shame on you. Yeah, exactly. The bit where she walks towards him and you sort of, like, you get that feeling that well, he's going to listen. It's, his face relaxes ever exactly. so slightly, doesn't and it? And you think, oh, no, he's, it's fine, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And then, obviously, we know what happens. It's not yeah. fine. An- another bit, watching it again, that I really enjoyed was um, the foreshadowing of when Bad Mean Rising by Clear, 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 Creedence Clearwater oh, Revival yeah, played. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, it's about to happen. Because when you first watch it, you're like, oh, this is a tune. This is a great song by a great oh, band. Yeah. And then after the song starts playing, he grabs his head and starts screaming, doesn't well, he? And then that's when the he... way he just lunges Yeah, up, because you don't expect it, it, do you? You yeah. don't expect it. Yeah, I, I, I love that film. <laughs> Talking about the music, the end credits, you have this absolutely heart-rending final scene. And it's wonderful the way that it, it, it just... It, there's no talking after it. I mean, yeah. and, and that's, that's very much like old cinema when it just cuts yeah. and it leaves like that and then bar ba da bar ba da and it kicks into blood. That's very John Landis though, isn't yeah, it? Like he yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so, so I'm going to go to my number three now, uh, which is a film that I know you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I don't like it. It's just, it, it's disappointing. Okay. I, okay. It's it's Valentine, the 2001 starring yeah. David Boreanaz. Is Boreanaz that his and Denise Richards. Yes. Yeah. And Mary Shelton as well, which I forgot. Of course. Mary yeah. Shelton. Um, I watched that again this morning and the last time I watched it um, was a while ago. And it's not aimed great. I can see where yeah. you're coming from. But for me, what I love about it the most was, is that you don't like any of the characters and you root for the killer. Yeah, and yeah, you want true, you want yeah. him to like like yeah. from the beginning bit with Jeremy Melton when he's a kid and then she pretends that he's like attacked in in the, oh, the dance yeah, yeah. and you're like you're like oh god I hope he is killing him <laughs> like I hope he <laughs> yeah. is making yeah. these women. Um, well, I, well that, that's very much a theme of the slasher genre. Yes, because yeah. I, I mean, a, a tr- I mean, I, I believe a true slasher uh, should have. Uh, I, I mean, with the. With, with, I mean, Jason Voorhees, I mean, arguably, he's got his righteous vengeance. Yeah, because, because he was ignored and he yeah, drowned yeah. by cancer. 
you can see it in a lot of that and, and spurned lovers I mean, I mean obviously i'm not condoning it but but they give a very specific reason <laughs> i know you what know you mean, yeah yeah the, the the um yeah yeah you know i love the chariot mask as well the mask yeah. i think that's a cool mask yeah. um, i like the way his nose bleeds or yeah. her nose bleeds i won't spoil this one um, <laughs> um when obviously the killing's happening yeah. um, i like the kills as well i think the kills are pretty um, yeah. Apart from the Denise Richards kill, because you know when he's drilling and he, he clips, I think, and he lifts yeah. up, I think, oh, he's going to dr like drill a killer, but yeah. he just he just ch chucks it in and electrocutes her. Yeah. Funnily enough, that was one of the things that stuck in my mind because I saw it in the cinema. Oh, okay. And um, I, I, the things I can remember about it was the cherub mask. Yep. Um, Denise Richards in the hot tub yep. because at that time she was a hot property. Uh. We were like, hey, no, she's not getting the top. I'm sorry, I apologise. And the very final scene where you find out who the killer is. Yes, yeah. yeah which is again given away by the nosebleeds. Yeah, um, which I, that that bit does is a bit cool, mate. When you rewatch yeah, it, like yeah. the end where it pans out and you see the person's yeah. nosebleed. Yeah. You know what? I'm just, I'm just, it's too fat. Nearly 20 years old, yeah. I'm spoiling it, I'm spoiling it. It's David Boreanaz's character, he is Milton, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Jim, Nelson. Jim, yeah Nelson, sorry. Nelson. And like at the end, he's hugging... What's the... Um, Mary Shelton. That's it, Mary Shelton's character, and it pans out, and he's just got a little trickle of blood going down his face. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, because th that only the audience is... Uh, has that knowledge yes yeah, yeah. Uh, no one's seen the killer and lived yeah no one's seen the giveaway so it, it it's it's kind of like it's a nod to the audience yeah. it's, it's it's confirmation yeah um yeah no there's, there's a few of things like i like when um one of the girls died with the arrow when she's going around the maze and he gets her with the arrow i think that's uh, yeah. i don't know how to do that you know what a bow and arrow is <laughs> i think that's a cool kill uh, but uh, watching it again um it definitely hasn't aged great not as well as the other two movies that i'll talk about it, it, it's it's funny because that was Valentine was part of the mid to late 90s onwards renaissance of yeah. the classic genre, uh, slasher genre, which people will argue started with Scream. Okay. But you see, I think, I mean, I mean, I like Scream. Well, the first one, at least. The, yeah. the two sequels, I, well, the three sequels, I'm not a fan of. Oh, really? But, no, no, no. Um, but the first Scream, I think, is, is a wonderful. It, it, it's wonderful because it's a parody, but it's a loving parody of that yeah. um and i think actually it was the other kevin williamson script i know what you did last summer that to right me now. was that from I, I remember at, at the time i was a postman and okay. I'd, I'd, I'd get up at half three four in the morning and i put the telly on while i was having my tea and toast before going to work and i saw the trailer for the first time yeah. and that reminded me of the old slasher films which ironically too that you're going to mention because yeah. when you mention the slasher genre now it's people always go Freddy Krueger, yeah. Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees. They forget about these one-hit films yeah. that were themed around a very specific thing, you know. And I actually think it was quite disappointing that I know what you did last summer spawned sequels because. Did you ever see the third one? No, I, I saw the first two in the. In, the, the third one, yeah. the third one, uh, the impossible killer, uh, killer called Ben. Is a Ben something? It's called. Yeah. But the fisherman he's called, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's Great a ghost in the third one. Oh, so they got the supernatural. Yeah, thing. it doesn't make sense. It no, doesn't make sense. No. Yeah, so yeah, Va Valentine for me, I think it's, I think it, it helps as well when it first came out. I was about six, mm. um, uh, and I watched it with my mum. Yeah. Uh, Good upbringing. Yeah, very. My mum. Yeah, yeah. Good my mum's one that got me to horror. To be honest Good with you, upbringing. you just, you just moulded me from there. <laughs> um, like my potter's wheel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think it's just it, it's very two thousands though. That's yeah. the thing. Like you yeah. see, like Denise Richards has got like a little motor roller, and yeah. it, it's not aged great. Uh, but yeah, we'll go on to your number two. Uh, 
Uh, number two is The Domestics. Which I only watched for the first time yes. that for last, which yeah. I really liked. Yeah, I got the message through, loved it. <laughs> um, we, I also read, my, I take notes whilst I'm watching the films, uh, and I read my notes out to Jason. And um, there's, there's, there's five factions, gangs in the post apocalypse that you know of. Uh, one gang I really liked was the Gamblers, I thought they were really yeah. cool. Uh, I like the way that when they find someone, there's three things, they'd either take them back kill them or let them go, isn't that when they're spinning they spin through that wheel? Yeah, um, yeah. And then you've got the sheets where um, they, they look like... I think <laughs> they look K-K. like clan members. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you sort of get... It doesn't help that they're American as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, but they're only in it for the one scene. Yes, where they shoot up the... What, the axe... The guy, are they called the axe men, are they? Uh, the nailers, aren't they? The nailers. The that's their cool gang as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most traditional Mad Max of them because yes. of their spiky stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, the gamblers were like deer heads and buffalo they, heads. They, they and actually stuff. reminded me, have you played uh, Fallout for Nuka World DLC? I have, yeah. One of the factions in that. Yeah, because yeah. they wear all the animal heads, don't we? But they're a bit more yeah. they glow. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed the Mastics. Yeah, like like I said to you beforehand, it was um, a marriage counselling going across <laughs> going across <laughs> country in apocalypse. Well, it, uh, I mean, a brief description is it's set I, I mean it's set roughly isn't that like three years? Three years, I think um, they said. The opening yeah. scene of the film, you see planes go over, yeah. spraying black dust, and you've got Kate Bosworth, who's one of the main characters, yep. says that it killed an awful lot of people straight away. And so you've essentially got the end of the world. But it hasn't quite collapsed yet. So the the actual title of the domestics, the, the gangs who Chad mentioned are, are essentially, you can imagine people who've just gone, there's no law and order. Yeah. We can do yeah. what the hell we like. I'm going to take what I want. Yeah. Or, again, like the gamblers. Yeah. Because you, you get a sense of mischief with gamblers, I think. Yeah. An awful tell, lot yeah. Of, yeah it's, a um, lot of alcohol and drug abuse springs to mind <laughs> with the gamblers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the domestics of the title is is given in reference to people that just want... That aren't part of gangs. No, and and yeah. they, they're just trying to maintain the old world. They just want to carry on being normal yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and the two main characters where you've got Kate Bosworth plays Nina and Tyler Hochick. I found something interesting out about him. He was the kid from Road to Perdition. Tom Hanks' son. Yeah. But he, sorry, sorry, again, going off topic. But yeah, I found out that he's, that makes he's the son. I saw that in the cinema. Great right? film. Yeah. Great film. Anyway, yeah, sorry, back to the domestics. Ironically, Kate Bosworth played Lois Lane in Superman Returns and yeah. Tyler Hochick plays Superman and the Arrowverse, and he's actually... Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yes. Oh, I can see that. I can yeah, see that, yeah. though. Yeah. And, well, he's actually... Um, he's got his own series starting soon. Cool. So, um, and they were a couple that were divorcing just before the apocalypse yeah. happened. Yeah, and obviously you can't go to a divorce place. When... Well, it's, 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 it's kind of... It, it, it's ascertained early on in the film that Nina was the breadwinner. Yes, yeah. She brought the money home, and he was doing odd jobs... And he was trying to get into construction. And the strange thing is, uh, and it's also ascertained that Nina was clerical, wasn't she? Or, yeah, or she yeah. was like middle He was in the middle of doing a course as well, wasn't yeah, he? To yeah. get like a badge to do construction. Yeah. And of course, with the end of the world happening, everything is suddenly flipped. Yeah. He he is very useful and she feels disempowered. Yeah. And she's been in constant radio contact with her parents, which are only 200 miles away. In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Now, that is a small... That, by today's standards, that's a small distance. Yeah, not too far. 
But in the post-apocalypse world, that might as well be Especially when you've got the gamblers bouncing around. (laughs) Well, all of them on the way through. And she's lost contact with her mother. Yeah. So Mark agrees to drive across country. He said, I'll take it. And from, I think it's the second scene where he's, Mark's talking to one of his friends as he's he's packing the car. And and his friend says, surely there are easier ways to win her back. Yeah. And he says, no, I'm... This is what she wants to do, we're going to do it, kind of thing. And I think there's a very... It's not a nasty dig at Mad Max where they... His friend points out, if you get a puncture in that thing, or if you just get a puncture out in the wild, you're dead. And it's it's, it's the one thing that's always got me about the... I love the Mad Max films, and George Miller is a god to me. But who really looks after all those cars? Where do they pump the tyres up? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah. I mean... mean, Stop taking the magic out of things, I know. (laughs) But there's there's that other scene earlier on where one of the nailers' bikes won't start, and yeah. they just and he's just and the chainsaw, the chainsaw. <laughs> like, who's who's maintaining all this stuff? And it, it, it sort of brings that harsh but funny realism yeah. to it. Yeah. And needless to say, as they as their journey goes on, they start to appreciate each other again. Yeah. And yeah. There's a pivotal scene, probably about halfway through the film, where. Nina's been wounded. When she's in the cabin. Yeah. And Matt goes out foraging, and, but he leaves all these little post-it notes around. Yeah. Because she said before, just before the scene that he used to do cute things like leave the post-it yeah. notes around the house when they were put together. Which leads her to an LP in the rack, which she puts on. Great song. Goat Snake. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> I've got that album flagged to buy. It's a, it's a, good, yeah, it's a good album. And at the same time as she's putting this record on, he's gone into this house and he, he ends up getting caught by, oh, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, again, he, he generally gets cast in a specific type of role. The, uh, the razor blade guy. Yeah. He's weird. He's a weird, <laughs> he's a weird guy. Yeah, but he, he's got that silver-plated luger, and obviously he, he's, he's, he's trying to impress by making references to a clockwork orange. Yes, but it, ultra-violent. It, well, it's like Mark's that. reactions like, really? I've got to do this. Yeah. And then he brings in the big. The big. <laughs> a huge gimp. Yeah, and, yeah pretty much. Yeah. yeah and... You can see Mark's reaction, and it's like, really? I've got to do this. Because he's, what's he say to him? Do you want to go big well, well, or go home? Go home with the, the, this. I mean, I mean, this guy's insisting he tortures this father and son. That yes, he's got there. yeah. Because he's already started when he's cutting a million when yeah. he goes in. And the the fight is in, the, the the fight is intercut with Nina moshing yeah. to this great goat snake song. And Mark having to fight the big. He, he was a hard guy. He's a big guy yeah. as well. Um, considering he kicks him in the balls to start he with, does. and he hardly flinches. <laughs> and at that moment, it's just like you're you're on a hiding to nothing here, Mark. He manages to get the better of the razor blade guy, doesn't well, he? Well, it's. And again, and what happens after the resolution of the fight, where it's all. It, it, it brings home how boring and mundane the apocalypse yeah. must actually be. And how, when you see what, especially what the gamblers get up to. Yeah, yeah. Because they've got that weird game, haven't they, where they're pushing roulette. I I still think the first time you're introduced to them on the motorway and you see them pop up and they're almost, you can almost hear them giggling to themselves. They're the ones that shoot Nina, aren't they? Shoot Nina, yeah. Um, But but of of course you you witness this road trip, but then there's the cherry that's loose. Yeah, yeah, he sort of becomes their friend by not even introducing well, herself. Well, um, I've, I've heard her described as guardian angel stroke Cupid, which I think is... I get that, I yeah, can get that. Which is, I I think, a, 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 a wonderful 
frame of reference, and she's played by Sonia Mizuno, if, yeah. I've, if I pronounce who you've seen in Ex Machina and Devs, and she plays that absolutely wonderfully, this angel of vengeance, yes. you might say. Yeah, very, very good role. But, but also quite sweet as well, because she, she watches Nina mosh the ghost yeah. egg. And you, she smiles, doesn't yeah. she? That gets her. And and she she clearly wants them to get back together. Yeah. Which I think so. it's really sweet, though. Yeah. You know, and it, the ending is not sweet for her, though. I know, but you know, <laughs> she she served a function. She did, yeah. Yeah. But right. We're gonna we're, we'll we'll go on to mine because we 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 said too much about that film, so and there's no point people watching. <laughs> I know. Brilliant film. The domestic. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Because at first I wasn't hundred percent on it because obviously. Um, I've not watched it. It was the only film out of all of them that we've picked that I haven't watched. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I loved, I, I'd love to see a sequel with, about the gangs. The well, yeah, gangs. yeah. It's, it's a world you could explore. Definitely. Not necessarily about Mark and Nina, but yeah, you yeah. could explore the Definitely. world. Uh, well, my number two is a classic, uh, is uh, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, which I watched this morning. Uh, yeah. I love that film. I love Harry Warden. What, what yeah. Harry? I love Rob, the, the ghost minor. story. The minor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a tattoo of the minor on me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I have. I've got a big tattoo on the side of my thigh. It's one of my favourite slashes. It's got yeah. one of my favourite kills in it as well, which I love about it. He knows, me, he knows me so well. Yeah, um, yeah the, straight through the eye. Uh, uh, yeah. Funny enough, this morning was the first time I've ever watched Young Cut version. It might actually be when I watched it a couple of days yeah. ago, it might have been the first time I saw the Young Cut version. That's where he puts the girl on the shower. Yeah. And, I've not seen a lot of these things yeah, before. Yeah, I know, because I, 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 the version I was watching, you could see a visible change in the film yeah, stock. Yeah, exactly the one that I was watching. Because I'd never seen when he kills the uh, big fella, because he shoots with a bolt gun in the head, doesn't he? The big yeah, fella with the glasses. a few times. Yeah, and you never see that. Do you normally see him come around the corner and he's dead and the girl cries? We hear geeking out. Explain the plot. Uh, oh, yeah, so we <laughs> went straight into that. Now. So basically, um, years ago, there was a group of miners got trapped uh, underground. For six days. For six days. Six and days. a man called Harry Warden ended up basically cannibalising the other four men. Yeah. Was a five or six men? Five men, wasn't there? Well, there was only one man left. Yeah, there was one man. Anyway, yeah, he ate everyone else. So when they obviously got him out, they sent him in a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, obviously. Obvi obviously, yeah, he ate five people. Uh, and when but he, he didn't get, waste any. No, he didn't. No, but when they find him, he's, he's in the middle of eating an arm, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, when he gets out, he escapes from the psychiatric ward, yeah. doesn't he? And he kills the two men that were responsible for making sure the mine was safe. Health and safety. Kids. Yes. So he kills him with a pickaxe, obviously, dressed as a miner, because that's the gimmick of the film. Um, and this happened on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, yeah. And they live in a town called Valentine's Bluff. Yeah. <laughs> We're noticing a theme emerging here. And he kills them, rips the heart out, puts them in a box and takes them to the Valentine's disco yeah. and leaves them on the side. And then he's caught and put into the mental asylum for the rest of, well, the rest of his life, basically, yeah. and said to him. Um, and then we fast forward, I think it's 20, 30 years. 30 years, like that's it. Uh, and there's a group of kids. No, not 20. 20 yeah. It happened in 60. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, the, the, so the group of kids have basically said to the mayor and sheriff, we want to um, who, the, yeah, restart. Re restart it. Yeah. Uh, and But they all work in the mine as well. Yeah. Uh, and basically, yeah, it just sort of goes from there. Like people start going missing. Like Mabel, who's the mayor's secretary, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, there was no reason to kill Mabel. Yeah. Her, her uh, death's amazing because they find her inside the, the tumble dryer. Tumble dryer, dryer yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not Mabel, man. She was the only work woman in that film where I was like, oh, they didn't need to kill her. <laughs> there was no need to kill Mabel. Um, again, uh, spoilers again. Uh, I don't know if Howard James could put like, a little tag to let you know this. Um, but uh, yeah, it, basically it turns out that Harry Warden died five years prior to this. Five years prior. And the killer is one of the miners of uh, 
uh, who work in the mine at the moment, and he's the son of one of the foremen who Harry Warden killed. And, and he witnessed it. And he witnessed it, yeah. There's a bit, which again, I did, I've never seen before, where he kills the father, and whilst he's ripping the blood out, the blood squirts on his face. And I've never seen that before, because yeah. he's under the bed covered in blood. Um, yeah, and it's just a good slasher film. Like it, it's, it's, it's different as well. It's, it's a great example of when, the, the, before slasher films became franchises yes yeah and the, and, and the, the, they were almost hitch hitchcockian or jello like yes yeah where, yeah. where, where the, the, i mean they were masked killers um you were trying to it, it was it was it, you would always have the scooby-doo reveal at the end i i, uh, I think it's a, a good the film does good in showing that uh, there's a lot of red herrings as well oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah like no. you're like oh is it him is it him and it's good of confusing it's like when you put the pay under the cups and you do yeah. that you're like, oh, oh no it's not kind yeah. of thing um because you, to me, you don't expect it to be Axel. Yeah. Um, I expected it to be the minor son who comes back to second love interest, TJ. Well, isn't it in the remake, um, it's Jensen Ackles who essentially plays the TJ character? I think the remake's good. I'm going to say yeah, it. We'll throw I love remake. The well, 3D aspect's cool, though. Well, funnily enough, that was the first modern 3D film I went to oh, watch. really? And I went to watch it purely to see the 3D. Good. To see To see how it advanced. Yeah. And I was I was impressed by the film as well. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a good yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's pretty much all I'm, I'm gonna because I'd like I want pe- I want people to watch this. Yeah. Uh, but because it's just it's a prime example of like a good slasher film. Well, well yeah, a non-franchise one as well. Exactly. Yeah. There's no sequel. There's a there was a remake again with John Tackles. And if you're not into watching old films, like my wife won't watch anything before the year 2000. <laughs> so I had to show her the remake, and it's one of those ones where you don't really have to watch the original if you don't like watching old films. And if you do watch it, watch the uncut version because it's mad. the gore in it is spot on. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll go on to your number one. Well, well, the one thing I want to get is the love triangle in it. Yeah. Both <laughs> Axel and TJ yeah. are asses. Yeah, the both. And the yeah. way they treat... Uh, well, Sarah. The way they treat Sarah yeah. is just, Sarah gets shot at them. Get out of town. Get yourself get yourself alive. Yeah. Don't rely on these. In fact, I would say Axel was the better choice Yeah. because TJ... Came back to town and just automatically assumed he'd failed. Obviously. Because he in California, he didn't he, speak to her or anything, did he? Failed, he just dropped her, then comes back and expects to pick yeah. up. Where Axel had been there and been there for it. He, he picked was up bit, the pieces. Yeah, he, he, he was a bit dickish in behaving like he owned her. Yeah. But yeah. He was just trying to peacock at TJ, though, wasn't he? That was the thing, like, this is my woman, leave her alone. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll yeah. cut yeah, and then he ended up murdering most of the town. <laughs> just give the film away. That's all right, we're here now. <laughs> it was made in 1981. If you haven't watched it. He was a psychotic killer and he no, was that, a better choice. Not right? 81. When, when was it made? It wasn't 81, was it? I think it all could have been 82. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those years, yeah. Put, put it this way. The psychotic murderer was the better choice. Yeah, right? yeah. Than the arsehole. I would have married the psychotic murderer. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're number one. Uh, Spring. From Such a good film. 2014. And this is one of my, of the last 10 years, is in my top five favourite films. Amazing. Love not, it. Not just horror films, films in general. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, I found out the other day that the bloke who directed Spring has directed the new Wrong Turn. Two of them. No, no, it's two of them. It's Justin Benson and Aaron okay. Moorhead. But have they both directed no, the Wrong Turn as no, well? No, no, the film that they've just directed right. is getting released really soon and it's called Synchronic. It's okay. Got, it's got Anthony Mackie, right. you know, of the Falcon fame. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, that's their, Spring was their second film. Right. Um, they, I think it was Justin Moorhead wrote it, but but they co-direct together. Right. Um, and their films are, they, I, I mean, I would argue that they are 
and this generation's Cronenberg. Right. Because they make um, high concept horror films, for want of a better term. Um, because with Spring, they managed to make H uh, a Lovecraftian tale romantic. They did. It's yeah. A beautiful now, film. I mean, obviously, those that are familiar with H.P. Lovecraft will realise that the man was a misanthrope. Um, he, he was probably forced to marry. Um, and a lot of his writing is very asexual. Even yes, in The Creatures, yeah. there's a lot of implied rape. There's, there's, um, and there's a general disgust of the human body. But what, what I think they do with the film really well is they take a lot of the tropes of Lovecraft's work, whether, they, whether I'm reading into this, and they flip them on the head and they actually make them romantic. Yeah. Because for a large chunk of the film, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, it's set in an Italian coastal town. Beautiful very, as well. So oh, beautiful. I'm, I'm determined to find out where that town is yeah. and go visit it. Now, if you know, uh, I mean, quite a few of H.P. Lovecraft's famous stories, including The Shadow Over Innsmouth, which this kind of has parallels with in a yeah. way. Um, it's set in an old town, but these old towns are foreboding. You, you never want to go there. This place... From the first time we watched this film, I, I, <laughs> whoa, I really want to go there. And certain bits of it, like where they go out to the, the cave, yeah, and it's absolutely magical. Yeah. When they've got a duck under. Yeah, yeah, but the way the light's coming in and everything that could have been possibly sinister is flipped on its head and it's not. And I, I, I chose this last because with the doodle of story with American Werewolf in London yeah. first... I think Spring has a lot of parallels with American Werewolf in London. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that um, a lot. Yeah, and except it's reversed this time because yeah, I mean the film opens with the the male lead um, Evan played by Lou yeah. Taylor Pucci of the Evil Dead. Remote. Yeah, Eric and Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very very good film. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, the opening scene is his mother dying. Yes. And, yeah. Because the dad died of a car crash five yeah, years prior, yeah. was it? And. He's been nursing her through cancer, and it's dropped out of school to dinner. Yeah, yeah. dinner, yeah. Well, um, it's I can it's it's one of the big colleges as well, so it's established. He's in the yeah, yeah, and it's quite wrenching that scene. Oh yeah, it's yeah. very somber when you watch yeah. it. You like you feel oh god, like yeah, this is this is a heavy beginning of a film. Well, well it's 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 that, and um, the day of the funeral, which you don't see, but he's in a bar with his friend, yeah, Tommy, Jeremy Gardner, yes, who's, yeah, who's in count, countless great genre films. And an absolute knob in the bar picks a fight with Evan, and Evan decks him. Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> Batters him. He knocks out his gold teeth. <laughs> well, well, it is. It's a grill that he has. Grill, yes. I mean, this, this guy's obviously a wannabe gangbanger. Yeah, and yeah. Badly wrong when he picks on a guy who's heavily grieving for his lost mother. Yes, yeah. And push comes to shove. He, he beats him to a pulp. He goes home, and the cops turn up in the morning. Yeah. So Evan thinks, all right, I've got to get out of here. And he grabs his. Passport, passport. Because he told his dad to go to Italy one day, didn't they? Go to Italy. So he jumps on a plane yeah. and goes to Italy. The scene in the taxi's funny where he's like, where should I go? To the yeah. woman, and the woman's like, where do you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> and he gets to Italy. He meets up with two British guys. One's Nick Nervin, isn't it? Is he, it? Yeah, he's been in a load of uh, stuff. He was in... Um, oh, he's been in like, quite a few British comedies. Nothing too great. Sorry if you watch this, Nick. Um, he was in Outpost Three as well. Yeah. Well, well even in them, I mean, there's there's themes of death, rebirth, and love running through this film. Yes. And the tale is it that Nick tells him about his girlfriend. Yeah. And and even though he he, he comes across as a lad. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he's obviously got this soft side. Yeah, and he, you know, and he he tells Evan this story, and even though it's quite crude, you you, you can tell he was hurt by it. Yeah, and th th these two. It, it was very. It's very easy to look at these two British characters as being archetypes, but they're actually they're fun and they look after him, and they they essentially end up on a road trip, and this is where they end up at the Italian coastal town. Yeah, because they're in Rome, all they start yeah, from Rome, yeah. and then they're like, we're going down the coast if you want to come, because he starts drinking in the hostel with them. Yeah. Don't they? It's the first scene where all three of them are walking through the town, and yeah. you've got this wonderful panning shot so of good. following the three of them, and it's done in ever so slow motion. Yeah, and it's just. You, you see this town, and it's like, well, we just want to go there. Yeah, it's beautiful. But right in the middle of the town, sitting on the fountain. With a red dress. With the red dress. Because it breaks up the white buildings. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's... Oh. Uh, I can't remember her name. Louise. That's Sorry, it. Louise. Yes, yeah. Louise, the best thing there. Played by Nadia Hilke. Yeah. Again, this generation's Jenny actor. <laughs> I will say that. He was also peering, as peering as Magnet in The Walking Dead yeah. for the last few seasons. Okay. Um... She also appeared in the Benson and Moorhead New Twilight Zone 8. Oh, really? That's a very good episode. Well worth watch. Yeah, if they've done that, I thought, oh, they've got Nadia Hilke back. Um, and you get this tracking shot, and obviously Evan notices, because she stands out like a sore thumb. And he turns around, doesn't he, to yeah. look at because they sort of, like, block eyes. Yeah, like that. And so, anyway, they end up at a cafe having a drink. Yes, yeah. And Evan spies... Louise by in the red bar. dress again. Yeah, in the red dress, and he goes over to talk to her, and straight away she says, "Sleep with me." Yeah, straight away, and he's oh, he's he, he's he's a bit. Let me take you on a date, isn't yeah. it? That's what he says. He, but let me take it's, you on a date. It's 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 this I suppose traditional role reversal. Yeah, yeah, of, of things, and she, she she's basically, and she's even looking over to another guy in the bar as if to say, "Well, if you're not going to come home with me, I'll take him." And she, and she, she she walks off laughing, saying, you're, you're making this way too complicated than it has to yeah. be. And he's like, oh. And he goes over, and the two British guys are laughing and all that. Yeah. Now, they wake up in the morning, don't they? Yeah, very hungover. All yeah. of them hungover. And they say, we're heading up to Amsterdam. Do yeah. you want to come? You know, and he says, I'll stay there. I like it. And they say, good times, man, good times. And they leave. That's the so, last you see of them. Yeah, the last you see of them. Great characters. Um, now... Evan goes looking for a job and he ends up working on an olive farm. Yeah. I, I can't remember the old Italian farmers. Fabio? Something like that. Yeah. But he's he's a very quiet, subdued character. Yeah. But he represents love as well. Yeah, because his wife. Of what you find out. But he's, he's, just, he's this wonderful... He's just this guy that time just doesn't have anything to do with him anymore. Yeah. And he, he he's just... He, he's just... I wouldn't say he's not even waiting to die. He's just he's fading into the landscape he's, yeah. because he knows so much about the olive groves. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's almost becoming part of the land. He's almost like the town they're in. You know, and he, I wouldn't say he becomes a mentor to Evan, but he he, he, he again becomes Evan. Definitely looks up to him. I see yeah. like a father figure. Yeah. Because yeah. there's that scene where he's talking to him and he, he goes, and he sees the police. He goes, Oh, they're the police. He's like, No immigration. He goes, Should I run? He's like, Yes. And he just runs across, <laughs> runs the, across the field, which is almost like a, a Benny Hill yeah, carry on. So funny. That. So blatant. Run across the field. Yeah, with, with this film, um, I definitely think it's one of those ones that we shouldn't say too much about because it, it it's one of those ones that you have to watch. Yes, definitely. Um, and it's, it's the. Suffice to say, there's a creature involved in it. Or, yes. well, I wouldn't say a creature, but there is something which is 
it, it's funny at first because the, the supernatural comes into it but it, it's is it what einstein said that any form of technology or science which is advanced can right. appear like magic okay and that's essentially the explanation right in, including that wonderful bit where a character says i've learned so much over the last 30 years yeah and that character's been around for millennia yeah yeah two thousand yeah. years two thousand years <laughs> and it, it's even to what what you learn about the character's past yeah and everything that's happening now and it, it's i wouldn't say it's hard science because it obviously hasn't been proved but it, it's kind of those things where you think that they've actually thought about how they're explaining this yeah um but the relationship the relationship between evan and louise louise just develops wonderfully yeah i mean after the they obviously end up going on a date they do and they, they do. end up back at is it louise's evans, 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 back evans yeah, yeah, on yeah. the olive farm yeah now one of the scenes i love in the film is he's walking back through town and he sees her buying an ice cream yeah and he walks in and he goes hi and she's like I i'm sorry who are you? <laughs> Who are you? And you're thinking, oh, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. But it's the way she turns so the guy, and she starts sniggering like she's playing a joke. And I just think that's wonderful. Yeah. It's great film. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you actually see, I'm, I'm, I mean, I know people that have met someone and they've been married within a couple of months and they're together 30 years later. Yeah. And, you know, th th this is almost like one of those instances. You, you believe that they're in love. Yeah. That film definitely drags you into making yeah. part of that. That, sort of like yeah their story yeah it's, it's a beautiful film which I, I highly recommend when jason said this was his number one to me i was so happy to re-watch it yeah um i sat in my chair in my front room my headphones i just watched it just, i didn't look gorgeous music yeah well. oh the sound oh, yeah amazing right my number one number is it i would say and i don't know if this is a a bit a tall thing to say is the most underrated slasher film yeah. ever yeah. which is the prowler yeah the prowler which has got tom savini's best special effects uh, are we are we talking about that oh yeah and with yeah oh yeah the, <laughs> so the pitchfork in the shower as well that is shocking by today's yeah standards. yeah I, I watched um my three films again this morning before, before we start geeking out get yeah. the story then... oh of course yeah okay <laughs> so basically it's it starts off in 1945 just as the yeah. war's ending yeah it's ended yeah. um and basically uh, this girl's wrote to her but then boyfriend it gave her a, a day of john i yeah, think they call it, it in the and, film. and he's over fighting yeah he's fighting fighting the nazis yeah and basically she says listen i can't wait for you anymore i'm a woman I've got needs, uh, and then it shoots. That's horrible when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, and her name is Rosemary because it, over here it was called Rosemary's Killer, wasn't it? That, that's what I'm about to say. I actually saw it. Yeah, I, I, ne I never saw my bloody Valentine back in the day. Okay, but I saw Rosemary's Killer in cinema. No, no, no. Oh, God, I was no. going to say, you have no, to say you must have been like six. Like. Oh, no, no. <laughs> God, well, I'm not, not in Japan. I'm not into the cinema there. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously it shoots to Rosemary and she's at a date with a rich lad, isn't yeah. she? It, it's um, at the graduation ball. It's yeah. kind of got the same feel to how they cancel the... Um, the party of my bloody valentine don't yeah. you for the same reason basically there's the prowler who is in all army gear and they get they get pitchforked which i must admit i'm watching the film and he alternates between a pitchfork and a bayonet yes i get yeah. the bayonet and, and the sawn off shotgun remember at the end well 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 <laughs> we'll get to the two one up bit later <laughs> but i never got the pitchfork 
Well, it was called the Pitchfork Massacre in America. That was his original ah, title. Okay, yeah, it's, I only found out this morning. I'm not, I'm not acting like I knew. I didn't. I found out. Yeah, in, in America, it's working title was yeah. the Pitchfork Massacre. Pitchfork, yeah. Which you get, don't you, from what happens. Yeah. So basically, yeah, they end up killing and the adjacent dance doesn't happen, then, does it? Like they, yeah. they call it off kind of thing for, I think, again, for. It's a bit of a downer. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's about 40, 30 years they put it off for, right? Um, it w- uh, uh, yeah, it would be about 30 odd years. Yeah. Because with it being the end of the war and it's set in around, around 1980 years. 81 yeah. actually. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, yeah, so like 30, 40 yeah. years. So then they're going to do the graduation dance again. Um, there's, uh, the, oh, I like the whole cast. I think, again, with my bloody Valentine, I didn't say that. I like the whole cast. Yeah. Um, you've got a couple of people that you don't like, but like I care about everyone in, in yeah, these films, yeah, which, yeah. which is what I love. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they're doing the dance again, they get everything sorted, the deputy's got a bit of a, a they're a, a college student as well, they're not high school, are they? Yeah, they're college, yeah, yeah, college or university. Yeah. Because, because one of the central locations is the sorority house. Of course, it? yeah. Or, or it's a house where all the, the girls live. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And... Yeah, so basically there's a deputy who I really like, and then the sheriff who's going away on a fishing trip. Yeah. Uh, the sh- so, uh, th- again, there's a lot of red herrons in this but film. there's a so lot. many red herrons in this yeah. film. Yeah, at one point I thought it was the shopkeeper's brother, you know, the, the simpleton. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll have to say that, don't you? You'll have to call someone the simpleton. Yeah. Challenged. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Um, and he, well, his brother calls him a simpleton, that's why I called him it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it, you, I thought it was him, uh, but it isn't. I won't spoil it because again, yeah. I think it's like probably my favourite slasher. It's it's um, when I was watching it, and again, I watched a few reviews to 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 think am I watching? That the, there are bits in it which come across as a bit slow. Yes, but then again, though, we're used. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, probably watching it back then, I would have been riveted. Yeah. Um, I, because I would have been again around about 10 or 11 yeah. watching it and a lot of films back, you know older films generally were slower paced yeah. you know a, an awful lot less cuts in them yeah. um, but the thing that I mean, again, we, we, we mentioned the gore earlier. So good. Oh, my God. So I, I would definitely say Sabini's best work. It's Some of it I, I found truly shocking. You see, the the, that, like you said, the bayonet through the, the guy bayonet. when he opens his eyes and the rolls well, well, to the back of his head. Well, funnily enough, I, I, I mean, up until he, even quite a later age, I, one of the things that always freaked me out was White Eyes. Yeah. Because one of my favourite horror films of all time is Horror Express. Okay. And when the alien entities sucked people's minds out yeah. they're left with white eyes and i saw that really i must have been about six or seven when yeah. i saw that and it scarred me for life but i also loved it yeah and the back of the vhs for rosemary's killer was that final scene of the guy hanging out the shower with the white eyes and that i looked at him oh i did do i really want to watch this yes you do well i did <laughs> um one of my favorite scenes from that film as well was uh, where she's getting ready and it's in a cup of him getting ready yeah. where he's tooling up. up he's putting his bayonet in yeah. he's, he's putting it because his mask is basically like an army yeah jacket just tied camo, up camo, in it um, yeah and i just love that like there's her putting her brooch on and then I, he's like sorting the shotgun out well, funnily enough when he put the shotgun in the sawn off shotgun i was thinking wait a minute why is he in the sawn off shotgun <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, just, that's a great kill, yeah. a great kill. Which, funnily enough, it's just as well. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I don't really want to say much more about well, it. Well, but... <laughs> again, talking about, I mean, the, the, the best kill sequence is you've got one of the girls is having a shower yeah. and her boyfriend turns up and basically... <laughs> Let's have a bit hanky-panky. Hanky-panky in the shower, you know. <laughs> and 
It's when he's getting undressed, he gets grabbed from behind. And Hand over the mouth, isn't it? Yeah. The bayonet gets pushed down through the top of his head. Through his chin. And it comes out through his chin, which is, is what we said. And my only problem with that scene right. is it goes on for a bit. I mean, he survives oh, an yeah. awful long time yeah, with like, a bayonet through his head. I'm pretty sure you'd pretty much die yeah. straight away yeah. from that. But but that scene is, oh, I mean, that's horrible. Yeah. That, that is such a good but, but like, like Straight after that, and you were saying a bit of the picture, well, well, like he's rising off the floor. Well, well, it's I think by today's that's shocking by today's standards because you you, you get I mean you, you essentially get nudity, blood and violence against a woman, yep. which was I, I mean I can understand back then why it was cut, but even watching it now I'm thinking that that is actually and that is a sadistic yeah. scene. Yeah. You can tell this guy hates these kids and he's killing. Yeah, and uh, like I said, rewatching it, I was I was. Whoa, you know, you, I, I didn't realize it. That age that perfectly. Is, yeah, that, that, that is intense, you know, even by today's standards. The girl who's swimming in the pool as well, how he kills Cindy her. Cindy Weintraub. Yeah, yeah, Cindy, yeah. Who, funnily enough, played a college student in that the year before she made Humanoids from the Deep. Great film. And she played Doug McClure's wife. Now, Doug McClure would have been knocked off at that <laughs> point. But I'm not dissing Doug McClure because he carried on doing the good work until a ripe old age. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't want well, to say much more about that. Well, watching the special effects where oh, perfect that that scene where she where she's climbing out the pool and she gets kicked in the head. Yeah, but how Tom Savini made the rubber leg. Yeah, yeah. But they filmed it in October, so she must have been freezing. It took a few takes, didn't yeah. it? And she was in the in the pool. Yeah, uh, yeah. That film for me is just a special direct, effects goal. The director of one would go on to direct as well. What I did see this pool didn't well, well, after it, that. It was oh god, it was. He directed some bangers, didn't he? Yeah. He, um, his first one after that big one was Friday the Thirteenth Final Chapter, wasn't it? Of course. Because he, I think didn't he meet Sean Cunningham? And or, or he, he was one of the other producers, and they said to him, "We'll we'll get you to make it because they said because it was actually that um, it needless to say it takes back it takes place on February the fourteenth, but it's a Saturday, right. and we all know the day before February the fourteenth yeah, yeah. is you know Friday, the <laughs> and it, the the whoever it was you were speaking to said you should have called it Friday the thirteenth because it could have essentially been a Friday the thirteenth right. film, yeah, and of course well, Savini done the special effects on yeah, final chapter, didn't he? Well, well, he brought it back from the first one, yeah, yeah, he? but he would go on to do things like missing an action with Chuck Norris, invasion USA with Chuck Norris, wow. Red Scorpion. Um, with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And he went on to do all these great action flicks for Canon. We miss you, Canon. Please come back somehow. But, but what a career, you know, in, in pure pulp cinema, I would say. Great. That, that he great. After that. And how people just t tend not to remember the Prowler, Rosemary's Killer, or the Pitchfork Massacre, <laughs> whichever name it may be going by. I, I kind of get Pitchfork Massacre more yeah. than the Prowler. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of get that more. Yeah. Um, so that there, there are picks. Watch yeah. them all. I know we spoiled some, but just get over it, innit? Um, yeah. Uh, what I'm gonna do as well is just a little quick shout out because our Rob's not here today. The lovely Jason's filled in for him. But I want to say I want to tell you what his three picks were quickly. His number three was Overboard with Kurt Russell in Goldie um, Hawn. Number two for Rob was uh, Heartbreakers with Scorny Weaver and Again. which we were talking about yeah, before, yeah, which I thought Gene Hackman as well. Brilliant. Gene Hackman. What he explained about getting the kids to smoke. <laughs> 
because he's a smoke bar- a, a cigarette barrel, yeah. isn't he? That's where he's got <laughs> that money. Is, that is so he's great. Uh, and then Rob's number one, which is a film you've not watched, but I've I never seen. Fatal Attraction, know, yeah. which if you haven't watched that, and I don't really watch anything out of the horror genre, this is again for the an episode that we're going to do. Stealth horror, stealth, very horror. big stealth horror film because very dark film. Oh God, I yeah. Um, Glenn Close. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they, they were Rob's picks. So big shout out to our Rob. We miss you. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it, guys. Um, we've got merch as well now, which is pretty yeah, pretty cool, as you can tell. Um, so if you want anything, uh, yeah, give us a message and we can try and sort something out for you. Yeah, I'm Chad, obviously. This is Jason. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. Keep it real. Keep it real. Real. <laughs> <laughs>